0: The reading is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1-4. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you this is the word of the lord thanks be to god a few days ago i was having coffee with a friend and i told our three-year-old benjamin that he would need to find some toys and play quietly while i was having a chat with her but if you know anything about toddlers, they just love it when you join in and play with them. And even though I'd explained, he kept coming over and said, "Mummy, would you like to do this puzzle with me? He'd get another game out. "Mummy, can you do this game with me? And I'd explain again, just give me a few minutes, Benjamin. I'd love to join in. You play quietly. So more toys came out, more snacks came out, until eventually it all went very quiet for about 10 minutes and my friend had just left and then suddenly benjamin appeared around the corner with chocolate fudge cake smeared across his face i have to say i wasn't too happy we do anything to get attention we are attention seekers we will do anything to be noticed and he had this cheeky little giggle on his face it's very difficult to stay cross with him for long And Bertrand Russell, the philosopher, put it like this. He said, look at me is one of the fundamental desires of the human heart. And Jesus' teaching here is that God has made each of us approval seekers. Um, Do get your Bible open and we're looking at Matthew 6 together. He's wired us, God has wired us to want attention and recognition and I wonder if you noticed in the three chapters that the Sermon on the Mount um, takes in Matthew's Gospel the word reward appears 10 times, reward appears 10 times and in these four little verses in chapter 6 that we're looking at this morning it appears three times in just four verses. So reward is important to Jesus. Now, a research experiment was carried out recently, um, which highlights just how powerful and important a simple gesture of acknowledgement can be. And this is how it worked. There were participants that were put into three different groups and each of them, each of the participants were asked to complete a single, very repetitive task. Each individual was given a sheet of paper Uh, with sequences of letters and their job was to find ten examples where two consecutive letters, GG for instance, appeared in the text and each sheet completed by the participant needed to be handed in to the experimenter who would uh, pay them in kind. And the payment schedule was on a sliding scale so that each subsequent sheet completed received a lower amount of money. And the primary question of interest for the researchers was to see how long people would actually engage in the task. And although everyone received the same instructions, they were in these three different groups. And the first group, the participants, when they submitted their sheets for payment, the experimenter would look up and then quickly scan their answers before filing them away. They were the acknowledged group. The second group Uh, The experimenters would just take the paper and immediately file it without reviewing the work. They were the ignored group. And in the last condition, the experimenter would just take the completed form and then put it through a shredder. They were the shredder group. Now, I wonder if you can guess what the results were. Well, they were actually really striking. Uh, When comparing the three conditions, the acknowledged condition persevered significantly longer Completing over one third more sheets of paper in the task than those in the ignored or the shredder group. We are hardwired approval addicts. And before we think Jesus of Nazareth is immune from the trappings of being a human being, remember what happened to him uh, a few chapters earlier in the desert he understands the need for approval too. He was not exempt from temptation himself. Do you remember Satan tempted him at the start of his ministry in the desert and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. And he said to Jesus, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus had all the world on offer to him. But in this passage that we're looking at, He seems to call us to an impossible task. Let's look at it together. One translation puts verse one like this, take care, don't do your deeds, your good deeds publicly to be admired for then you will lose the reward from your father in heaven. Now, before we start thinking Jesus' teaching is just another set of rules to live by, let's stop remember what we heard last week. As Christ followers, we are called to live radically differently to the world and culture around us. And it's all motivated from a heart of love changed by Jesus. And Jesus is speaking here to his disciples. He's gone up the mountainside and they've come up with him to listen to him, to learn from him and learn what it means to live the Jesus-shaped life. And Jesus gives us three illustrations here. Remember that illustrations, not laws, at the beginning of chapter six, of a correctly Godward motivation in acts of kindness. And so these followers Jesus is speaking to, they have already come to him. They've come with all their faults and failings, just like you and me. They are eager to receive his love, a fresh start, his forgiveness and to learn from him, learn from his teaching. And so the first thing that Jesus says in uh, these four verses in chapter six can be summarised like this and I've got three points. The first one is this, giving is a given, giving is a given. Look at verse one, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before others. And verse two, so when you give to the needy, Do you notice it's when, not if, giving is a given? In other words, acts of kindness, acts of justice, generous financial giving, they're all hallmarks of the Christian life. And if you're not doing any of these things, then Jesus would ask of you, where are you storing up your treasure? Where are you storing up your treasure? Our boys uh, were recently given wallets from uh, their auntie uh, as a present and they were very excited about them and when they got them I told them wow guys you now have two wallets you have this one here on earth but you've also got a wallet in heaven did you know that you have a wallet in heaven too Um, this one on earth is the one you put your pocket money into Um, but you can also store up treasure in heaven And and the great thing about your wallet in heaven is that it'll never get lost, it'll never get stolen, it'll never get destroyed, and it's got great returns. There is eternal interest on it, and it's kept safe for you, and it lasts forever. My dad always said to us growing up, money is elastic to God. (laughs) And it is! That's been my experience and Guy's experience. Money is elastic to God. The more you give away in faith, the more God provides. So giving isn't just a given, it's a joy. I'd love to tell you about George Muller, who many of you will know about already. But he, if you don't know about him, he was a remarkable man in the 1800s. He lived in Bristol and he was captivated by the life and love of Jesus Christ. And in his lifetime, get this, he cared for over 10,000 orphaned children. He set up a home, an orphanage, and he provided food and shelter and a Christian education. He taught them about the love of Jesus. And from the first private records of George Muller, Um, we find him giving on a large scale listen to this during the first year of his life of trust in 1831 he received 151 pounds in answers to prayer but he gave away 50 pounds of that sum and during the second year he gave 70 pounds out of an income of 195 pounds His income for 1833 was £267 brought in through faith, and his gifts amounted to £110. Now, this generous heart came from his deep trust in Jesus Christ and in the generous heart of God. Generous giving doesn't come easily. It is an act of faith, and like a muscle which needs to be stretched and worked to develop strength, his faith in God led to some really wonderful stories of provision from God. Listen to this one story. The children are dressed and ready for school, but there is no food for them to eat, the house mother of the orphanage informed George Mueller. So George asked her to take the 300 children into the dining room and have them sit at the tables. He thanked God for the food and then he waited George knew that God would provide food for the children as he always did. They were dressed, they were sitting at the tables but there was no breakfast for them. Within minutes a baker knocked at the door. Mr Mueller, he said, last night I couldn't sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning. I got up and I baked three batches for you. I will bring it in. And soon there was another knock at the door. It was the milkman this time, his cart had broken down in front of the orphanage the milk would spoil by the time that he had his wheel fixed and so he asked george if he could do with some free milk george smiled as the milkman brought in 10 large cans of milk and it was just enough for 300 thirsty children so the first thing jesus says in this passage is that giving is a given it's a hallmark of the christian life but the second thing he says here is beware your heart beware your heart he says be careful not to do your acts of righteousness in this fashion let's take a look at these guys who Jesus is talking to they're giving to the needy in verse 2 how are they doing it they're announcing it with trumpets they're announcing it with trumpets they want to be seen by other people and what does Jesus describe them as he says that they are hypocrites. Now this is the first time that that term hypocrites has been used in that derogatory fashion. In those days in ancient literature, a hypocrite was described as a, was a play actor, uh, someone with a mask on, on the stage. And Jesus is saying, when you give to the needy and announce it with trumpets, you are like a play actor, showing off, playing to the audience of the world for the adulation of other human beings. And it is a bit like a little worm that wriggles its way into a perfect apple. If this apple is an an act of righteousness, an act of kindness, a gift to the needy, Jesus is saying, beware the worm that wriggles its way in and eats this apple up from the inside. It's so easy to let the worm of what other people think of us eat us up from the inside until we're basically rotten on the inside. We may look like we're doing the same stuff on the outside, but on the inside, we are feeling, why has no one thanked me? Can anyone see what I have done? And if adulation or likes or retweets or praises from others is our motivation for acts of kindness, then we can end up with all sorts of bitter attitudes. And I'm prone to all of these as well. I've been working through some of these this year, we can end up feeling like, why has no one thanked me? When we go unnoticed, you see that worm just wriggles its way in and and eats us up. Or we think, hello, can anyone see how much I've been slaving away and pouring myself out? I haven't even been recognized for what I've done. And if we're not careful, what we can end up doing is using the very people that we're trying to serve using the needy and the poor and vulnerable and turning them effectively into bumper stickers our badge of honor to show how good we are i heard of a church in lockdown uh, who went around all the supermarkets in town and coordinated the most amazing redistribution of excess food that the supermarkets were going to get rid of wrapping them up into food parcels to give to the poor and needy in their town and they distributed, they're still doing this, they distributed hundreds and hundreds of these food parcels and news got around about this and eventually some big names wanted to join in to and support their work and David Cameron has been delivering these food parcels week in week out when he's got back from holiday he said how can i join in And he's been taking his children along with him collecting food from the supermarkets and dropping them off at people's houses another big name also came along and joined in just for one day and this big name had an article to write for a prestigious newspaper and so he wanted to see what was going on and he could write about it and when he dropped off his food parcel he knocked on the door Uh, and this elderly lady opened the door and he said to her, do you know who I am? And she took one look at him, thought for a moment and said, no, sorry, I don't. Who are you? And eventually her son came to the door and gasped and said, mum, it's Jeremy Clarkson. How we give is as important as the act. Jesus says, If you do your acts of righteousness in front of others to be seen, to be honored by men, my translation has it, you will have, Jesus says, no reward from your father in heaven. You've already received it. You've already received your reward. Now, what Jesus is not saying here is that we should hide our good deeds in some way. It might be appropriate in some senses to actively try and hide our good deeds But that's not Jesus's point. It's not whether we are seen doing a good deed, but whether we are doing a good deed in order to be seen. The ESV translation puts that really clearly. Uh, Because Jesus has just said in chapter five, verse 16, he said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Here I find Dallas Willard really helpful. He says what Jesus is saying is this, when we do good deeds to be seen by human beings, that is because what we are looking for is something that comes from human beings. God responds to our expectations accordingly. When we want human approval and esteem and do what we do for the sake of it, God courteously stands aside because by our wish, It does not concern him. Jesus says they have received their reward in full. And instead, how are we meant to give? Well, this is point number three. Jesus says we are to give for the audience of one, for the audience of one. So God has made each one of us approval addicts, but here's the problem. We look in all the wrong places. And now I'd never thought I'd quote Pamela Anderson, um, the Baywatch babe, but she puts it, I think quite succinctly. She says this, eventually you just have to realize that you're living for an audience of one. I'm not here for anyone else's approval. Now, Pamela Anderson is right about the first bit. I don't know the one who she's referring to, and it might well be herself. But the problem with that is that some days I like myself, and some days I'm not such a big fan. Some days I'm keeping up my fitness regime, I've had a great quiet time, I've got my hair looking good, I've been kind to someone that I find difficult, and I haven't snapped at the, the children. And other days, well, it all just seems to go wrong i bicker with guy i grumble about my friends i don't like the way i look i feel terrible about losing my temper with the children what do i do then well the overarching message in the sermon on the mount from jesus is not here is what you need to do to follow me but we can think that from our headings in the bible at times but instead it's this you have a father Who sees you, who knows all about you, who loved you enough to send his son Jesus to the cross for you so that you could know him and be rewarded by him. Do you remember 10 times that word reward comes up? It's clearly important. Jesus has made us to seek approval, but we just look in the wrong places. So the summary is this. The secret of giving is giving in secret. The secret of giving is giving in secret. Why? Well, Jesus gives us a metaphor. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And why? Because he wants our Father to be the one who rewards us. He says so that your Father is the one who sees you and gives you The praise gives you the reward. He's the one who whispers in your ear, no one else saw what you did, but I did. And it warmed my heart. One of the things I loved about my dad growing up was when he'd take me to one side and he would spot something that no one else had spotted, but he would say, I saw how you were really kind to that person who was feeling a bit left out. That was a really wonderful thing to do. And you know what? It was like we had this special secret together and that praise meant so much to me. How much more will our Father in heaven look at us, take us to one side and whisper in our ear, you did good there, you did good. Your Father in heaven loves to reward you. Not because you've been extra specially good, He's given everything that you need to be in right relationship with him. You haven't earned his favor, he's done it for you in Jesus, but he loves to reward his children like a good father does and give him the chance. Listen to these promises from the lips of, ch- of Jesus. Blessed are you when people insult you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Pray to your father who's unseen, and then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, your father knows what you need before you ask him. When you forgive, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And when you fast, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or what you will wear. Look at the birds of the air. Your heavenly father feeds them. And are you not much more valuable than they? So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus is offering us a choice here. We can live for the adulation of the world, of others, which changes as quickly as the tides on the seashore. Or we can live for the audience of one. Jesus could have lived for the adulation of the world, but he didn't. He lived for the audience of one and that took him to the cross for you and me. And he calls us to follow him, to live for the audience of one, of his father God, the one who made us, who knows us, who sent his son to die and rise again for us so that we don't have to live for the the adulation of others who change as quickly as fashion. Our son Charlie recently turned seven, hence the birthday cake. Fortunately, we'd already celebrated and tucked into the birthday cake and blown out the candles so Benjamin hadn't destroyed it before we'd celebrated properly. And many of Charlie's presents came by special delivery in cardboard boxes through the post. And I would quickly take these boxes upstairs before he could see them and hide them in a cupboard in our bedroom so that they would stay a surprise. And he was not allowed to open them until it was his actual birthday. And he was feeling a bit bereft because as far as he could see, he'd only seen one card addressed to him that had come through the post. And almost every day in the week running up to his birthday, he'd look at me and say, Mummy, am I getting any presents? And I'd look at him my heart would go at him. I was desperate to show him the cupboard full, but I'd have to say, of course you are Charlie, don't you trust me? We haven't forgotten you. You <laughs> see there was a whole cupboard full of presents that he couldn't see. And Jesus is saying exactly the same in this passage here. Do you want to open your presents now? Well you can. You can live for the adulation and praise of others, but your cupboard will be empty when you get to him. So choose the better option. Store up treasure in heaven, which is worth far more than anything this world can ever offer you. Your father in heaven wants to reward you. Will you let him? Jesus is saying, Do you trust me?